Welcome to the Atlantic Robot Show. We've made it to episode two. Can you believe that? Holy shit. The amount of work we have put into this. <laughs> I know. Incredible. I think it's already been rebooted and it's better than ever. There's going to be mix mixtapes of this within hours. For sure. Minutes. Minutes. So my name's Ian Koloski. I'm Simon Young. Welcome again to the Atlantic Robot Show. Today we're going to talk about pop music. Any interesting facts for me, Ian, about pop music? Yeah, this is this is a fact that's maybe led to the show. Is a I just read on Wikipedia, so you know it's you know it's true. It's on Wikipedia mm-hmm. that the song that's spent the most weeks at number one as of now, tied only with Mariah Carey and Boys to Men, is Despacito. So let me understand that the most, but duration at number one. Yeah, consecutively. So Despacito. Despacito, yeah. How long was that? How many? 16 so? weeks. 16, 16 weeks, weeks at number one for Despacito. Okay, so... It's a catchy tune. It's a, cast, it's a catchy tune. It this is, this is one tune. of those things I honestly don't get it. I, I mean, I get that it's a catchy tune, and I think the fact that it was originally in Spanish, then, you know, Justin Bieber... Somebody, I don't know. I think somebody probably just said, "Hey, let's put Judge Justin Bieber on this, so it'll work in America better." But um, I, would it have worked if it was in German? <laughs> does anything? <laughs> Cars. <laughs> no, no offense to our German brothers, we're close. But um, I don't know. I, I I like pop music overall. I think everything we do is more or less pop music in some capacity. The Beatles were pop music of their day. But I just never thought that was kind of that exciting of a song. It always seemed very vanilla to me, especially for kind of a Latino rhythmic mm-hmm. thing, which I love, you know. I think there's, you know, we live in Prague, which I don't know if anybody even realizes that, but we're here in Prague. So we hear a lot of international stuff, and I think that a lot of languages kind of do and don't lend themselves to modern music, and I think Spanish absolutely does. I think it's a beautiful language for for music, and especially pop music and dance mm-hmm. music and hip-hop and stuff like that. French hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. MC a lot, lot, lot of stuff that, that works. A lot of stuff, you know. Some of the languages don't necessarily work, but this Spanish, come mm-hmm. on, it's great. But I just think there's a lot of great Spanish music. I just It just didn't hit me when I heard Despacito. And I, I usually kind of have an ear for... For, for pop stuff and, 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 and like what I think, even whether I like it or not, I usually can recognize if something's going to work or if it doesn't. The first time I heard what uh, uh, My Name Is by Eminem, I was like calling friends. I was like, oh my God, I just heard this thing. You know, it's, it's blowing me away. And uh, I was in a rock band at the time. So my friends were like, what? <laughs> you are the enemy at yeah. that point. But anyway, my point is I, I don't get it, but there it is. Number one for 16 weeks consecutively, the most Imp- weeks ever. Impressive. And congratulations, by the way, to those guys yeah. involved. That's no nice. mean feat. Fonzie. I actually do mean that. Congratulations. Yeah, so, amazing. So in that case then, um, that poses the question. Uh, pop music, as we are now talking about, is a much, uh, in some camps, despised art form well i think i think i think to like clarify that 
obviously we work in a in a business, and I think probably anybody who's listening to this and listening to us talk probably it works in or is at least interested in this business. So in this business, there's a lot of musicians and a lot of musician types and a lot of people that are kind of music snobs. So I think people in our circles dismiss pop music, although clearly it's the biggest thing in music is pop music. Obviously, popular music has always been. But in our circles, I think people dismiss it as, you know, not valid in a some less, way. A less worthy. Yeah. yeah. So my question is, pop music as an art form, um, is it art? No. And if there, if there is art in it, where is the art? Where is the workmanship, you know, from your opinion? Where, where do you think this, uh, you know, the art form of pop music, where is it? I mean, of course it's art. And as I said, Beatles were pop music in their day, you know. Uh, Rolling Stones were pop music. And of course it's art. And I mean, today, you know, there's different things and there's different things involved. I do think it's it's an art form for sure, and it's an amazing piece of craftsmanship. I don't necessarily think usually that the the artist who people the face of the thing is necessarily always the talented one. Of course, they have their own talents, but I don't think their talent is music. I've said this about Madonna, who's a legend in music. She's an extremely talented person. People try to say, oh, Madonna doesn't have any talent. Of course she does. I don't necessarily think it's singing <laughs> or even music, but Madonna is an extremely gifted person. And I think that's kind of the case in, in this field. And I think pop music is probably more of a, of a producer's genre, you know? Agreed. I mean, yeah. think yeah, about yeah. Max Martin. Tell me Max Martin's not an artist or not a genius. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. But then, again, do people who listen to all of his massive collection of work even know who he well, is? Yeah, most people <laughs> have no idea it's him that's well, creating most of this stuff. Right? Yeah. So, so, all right, so let's break it down then. Um, I, I, and I agree with you. I would say uh, I think pop, for me, actually, is almost at the pinnacle of some kind of musical art form of where we are today, which I'll... I'll expand upon later. I've got some quite strong opinions on why I think pop music is is actually good for a couple of reasons. But let's break it down and and try and explain why we think there's an art to what we hear as mm -hmm. pop music. For example, I I see a couple of clear trends going back from. So let's start with the Beatles. You know, everyone knows the Beatles or Chuck Berry. Anything from the fifties or sixties, you see this general trend of, you know, melody. It was very, very strong, and uh, it's slowly, slowly disintegrated to the point where today, I guess with the help of hip-hop and electronic music, today modern pop music is is heavily rhythmic, rhythmical mm -hmm. bass rather than melodic. For sure. Um, that's just one, one very easy observation I can make. Ian, what, what would you say? I mean, definitely that, but I also think... I think most people would agree that these days, what, pop music, if you if you call it pop music, like kind of what you hear through the mainstream channels of, if anybody even listens to radio, I don't think so, I don't know. But what gets pushed, you know, not what there is, but, but what actually gets money behind it. And I think that is formulaic. I think that's always been formulaic, though. But now it's just clearer channels and, you know, the formula's gotten more narrow. So I think that there's a lot of stuff that just, literally sounds the same it literally is the same it's the same production style it's the same formula it's the same pattern like blah blah blah, blah. so i think that part of it is more about skill and technology than it is actually about artistry mm -hmm. and i think the artistry comes in 
somewhere else. Honestly, I don't think the artistry is really in the music part there. I think it's in the, in the marketing and in the in the visual of the artist and of the you know the the content with the videos and the and the packaging and the mm. photographs. Look at a Rita Ora, for example. Is Rita Ora a great artist? Again, I would say sure, definitely. Is Rita Ora a great songwriter or musician? I don't actually think she writes songs. That's cool. Whatever. Not everybody's a songwriter. But she looks amazing, and she knows how to play, and she knows how to sing. She's a good singer, and she can work a crowd, and she can be a star. She knows how to be a star. And I think that that itself is a, is a talent and an art mm-hmm. form. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, look at Ed Sheeran. He can hold... He can fill out O2 Arena in London two nights in a row, and it's a dude with a loop pedal, effectively. I mean, that, I mean he's a phenomenon. Yeah, that, that's a talent to be able to do that. And regardless of the songwriting, just to be able to, you know, to perform and hold an arena's attention for that long, it's... I mean, holding attention has always been what I guess this has been about. And these days, as we touched a little bit on last time, it's easy to get yourself in front of people you know, but you're one of millions of things that people have to fish through. And if you can be the guy, hey, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, then that's a talent and that's a gift and that's that's the game these days. It's not about can you write a better song. Again, I said it last time. There's probably been enough good songs, but can you make anybody listen to you? And also I would like to just kind of get on a, a little bit of a sidetrack off the subject a little bit. There's always been this thing of... Uh, I do it for myself. Again, talking about the musicians and the songwriters. It's like, I do it for myself. I do it for myself. I'm not going to... Yeah, the martyr, I, the pained artist. Exactly. I mean, people saying, I don't care if anybody likes my stuff. It's like, okay, I, I get that. I'm an artist. I, I get it. However, as any artist, whether it was Da Vinci or you know Andy Warhol or Francis Ford Coppola or Michael Jackson or Paul McCartney or me, or the guy in his bedroom making beats, whatever. Art is, in my opinion, not in my opinion, art is a form of communication. So when you're trying to communicate your idea, feeling, whatever, you definitely want somebody to understand what you mean. They don't have to agree with you. Sometimes you actually don't want people to agree with you. But somebody, art is communication. So you are making art to communicate with other people because what else is there? So the idea of just doing stuff because... Oh, I just do it for me. It's like, yeah, cool. You should do it for you, but you also want to do it for you to be able to communicate your your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, and I, also I think deep down, everyone, even the most hermit-like artist, deeply, deeply craves at, the attention and uh, plaudits and some kind of you know. We like your music. for sure, and but also I think music is like can be clicky. You know, sometimes. Who doesn't like your music is as important as who does. You know what I mean? Mm. You want a type of person to like what you do, not everybody necessarily. You know, and then and I think that's always been the thing in pop music why people are slightly dismissive of it is because it's kind of like middle of the road where everybody kind of likes it and some people love it, but you know, whereas you know, hardcore metal has a specific fan base. And not everybody likes it. So if you like it, you're part of that group, basically. And I think it, it, it's like always been a sense of community. And pop music is too broad. So people that are in smaller communities. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You know, yeah, kind but, of fear it. Yeah, because I mean, like pop music, like all music reflects 
society in, in a lot of ways. For sure. You could yeah. say on a very cynical level, uh, at its most extreme, it's cynical, narcissistic, very shallow, very low, you know, intelligence in terms of lyrical content, chord structure, harmony, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's effervescent. It lasts for a few weeks and it's gone. And well, that's what it goes back to the formula. It's pop music. It has to be formulaic. Yeah. And right. that's the reflection of our society. I mean, I think everything lasts a few weeks and disappears these days. Yeah. You know? And that's why there's no community around. There never is a community yeah. around right. pop music. Right, because right, right. by definition, pop music is popular. Therefore, it has to appeal to the broadest possible audience, which means, you know, lowest common denominator. That's that's the nature of, of pop it music, is. right? It is. It is. And I mean, that's where I think it's more about, you know, a marketing thing. It, like, you know, and, and being in a trend and being on time, basically. Mm-hmm. I think timing is yeah. very important with pop music. I think there's very few people who actually, there's a few leaders, of course, in the in the category and in the culture, but most people are riding a tail and and maybe twisted a little bit to their own kind of style. But they're re, they're they're you know remi- remixing or you know reheating something that somebody else did. They're not really doing anything right. cutting edge. Yeah. But again, you know, back to the same criticism I always have about you know us, and I'm including myself in this heavily. Us in this, you know, working musician category of people who live in music, I think very few of us are also cutting edge. You know, maybe you're in a genre that's completely outside of pop music. Maybe you're in, you know, acid blues or something stupid. But I think everybody's following those trends too, but just in a smaller circle because it's easier to find a fan base than that. People think if you're mainstream, it's easy to find a fan base. It's mm-hmm. actually much harder because it's massive versus if you do gypsy punk, there's a gypsy punk scene and gypsy punk websites and gypsy punk publications that you can follow mm-hmm. and, and know where to market to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and um, go, going back onto the this the main main thread, you kind of derailed us like you Sorry, you said, I, no, do, it's I okay. do. It's okay, it's okay. That's what I do, I derail. Um, this point about where is the art in modern modern pop music and going back to my earlier point, I strongly believe there is some highly competent, very skilled, very talented people that contribute their life to this art form of pop music and they in themselves are gifted songwriters, producers, engineers, whatever, and that's what I wanted to maybe talk a bit more about. Yeah. Like for example, um, these, these trends I discussed where melody is less important, rhythm is much more important, mm-hmm. um, you know, much more simpler harmonies in songs. Um, I, my my belief is that looking at pop music today, where is the highly skilled songwriter of, the say, the 60s or 70s where lyrics and maybe more complex harmonies and melodies were at the top of the, you know, the list for making a good song? Mm-hmm. That same level of intensity of skill has... Is, is still there, I would say, in modern pop music today, but it's shifted. It's no longer in the, not so much the lyrics or the songwriting, but it's moved now because of technology into production. So the producers mm-hmm. are the guys that are the equivalents of the Carol Kings, mm-hmm. of these kind of incredibly gifted songwriters. So Max Martin and his team, for example, you know, the, the mm-hmm. Swedish genius. If you pull apart a modern pop song, I would, I would say, hand on heart, if you break down these songs, they are in some ways... Uh, masterpieces of of modern music. Okay, they're not lyrically amazing, they're not harmonically that complex, but 
that complexity that we used to expect in lyrics or in harmony has shifted into textures from sounds, you know, from um, sound design, synth programming, um, and all these kind of layers that uh, these guys write. You look at modern pop music, it's all about um, a very, very quick succession of extremely addictive hooks, you know, like right. a, f- a few seconds of a hook, then another amazing hook. You listen to any of those Max Martin songs, it's a massive hook after a massive hook after a massive hook. And the work involved in that, I don't know, It's to me it, it's amazing. And I think actually Max Martin said somewhere, you can probably guess I'm a fan of Max Martin, <laughs> he said um, he thanks Dennis Pop, his mentor, right. for showing him that it's really hard to make this seem simple. Because yeah. it sounds simple. You listen to any yeah. of his hits and you say, uh, you know, like The weekends. I Can't Feel My Face. You listen uh, to it one time, that's simple. Uh, you yeah. break that down and you try and create something similar, you, you very, very quickly realise that there is a huge amount of talent involved in creating that, not necessarily songwriting, but, you know, like I talked about the other stuff, the technolo- technological aspects, which are, for me are equally as impressive as amazing songwriting skills yeah yeah i mean yeah i basically agree with you i mean i think like we talked about if you talk about painting you know the old renaissance guys you know had to paint stuff really realistically that was a skill mm. that was because you couldn't get a nice photograph back then yeah whereas andy warhol True. recycled stuff and you know i've I'm from pittsburgh originally and there's an andy warhol museum i've been there and and some of it and you see and it's just like wow this was so he's, a, he's a Pittsburgh local. Well, yeah, he's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Slovak-born. Yeah, Pittsburgh guy who moved to New York. Anyway, that's eerily similar to you. Yeah, <laughs> opposite history. opposite yeah. track. Um, but yeah, I mean, just you know, would if you showed an Andy Warhol painting or piece of work to, you know, Michelangelo, what would he thought of it? Yeah, probably wouldn't have yeah, thought it was yeah. great. That's just a, just as if you played something from today that's a big hit for, uh, you know, George Martin. Maybe it's the name Martin is, is the production genius. George Martin of Beatles fame, obviously. Chris, well, Ma- Chris Martin. <laughs> the, the, the poor man's radio head, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, it's the same thing. It's like what... It, it, it's what you're. It, it's true, and popular music should and is a reflection of the times. So, what was important when the Beatles came out? You know, when p- people listened to stuff in mono, literally, just putting two things together was an amazing feat. You know, that it wasn't just a microphone in a room while a band was playing. So, George Martin innovated. You know, innovated, innovated the <laughs> the, the modern recording techniques. You know, right. and people would probably. I remember. Hearing from my dad, for example, people saying, "Oh, you overdubbed that? That's crazy. That's you know, you should have just played it." I'm like what? And nowadays, it's just you just gotta gotta roll with the punches and stay with the times. Yeah. And then you have like great artists that are coming out. Like we were just t- discussing the other day, this Charlie Puth. Yes. Berkeley kids, graduate. Kids doing everything. You know Talented what I mean? Kid. Yeah. I mean, in his you know, in his now nice apartment, but like. On his computer, a guy who's making all the sounds, doing all the music, writing the songs, writing the lyrics, putting it out himself, and it's and it's, and it's great. It's not my thing, you know. I'm a, I'm a thing. I got this thing where I'm a I'm a older than these kids, you know. But I love modern sounds. I'm a producer too, so I just love new stuff. And also another pet peeve because we're talking about production a lot. 
like our industry, the audio industry, is the only industry in the world where people glamorize and hold on to ancient technology. <laughs> when some in any in any other field in the world, if a if a new system or a new product comes out to make things better, bigger, and easier, people love it and run to it. In our technology, people are saying, "Oh, it's still gonna be on two inch tape." It's like two inch tape. What? I get it. It has a sound. Doesn't mean it's the only good way. But it it is good, I guess. It's it's but you know what people were doing when they made two inch tape were trying to make the most accurate representation of the audio. And why we like it nowadays uh-huh. is because yeah. it's not accurate. The same thing with vinyl, like this whole vinyl thing. It's like yeah. it does have a rich, warm sound that makes you feel like you're getting a hug, but it's not accurate. And mm-hmm. All those people who used to make records that came out on vinyl, when their stuff finally came out on CD, they were like, oh my God, it finally sounds like what I always thought and what it sounded like in the studio before it got squashed into this record. Another sidebar, sorry to keep derailing our our topics, but I had to get that out there. It's a valid point. But but anyway, talking about this kid, Charlie Charlie Puth, 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 I don't know how you say his name. I guess it's Puth, huh? I, sorry, I would, I would, Charlie, I would go you know. with Puth if it was my name. Yeah, me too. Puth is in the pudding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, there's kids doing it. Like, uh, so what I was going to say was... He's got the work ethic. Yeah. He's putting in the hours. And, and the music's good. And, and I love, for example, I love Lana Del Rey. Not necessarily because I specifically love her part of the contribution, but the whole package, which she's obviously the face of and the voice of, but the production, I love Alana, Lana Del Rey's stuff. It sounds amazing to me. Especially the Dan Auerbach production. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's West, amazing. West Coast. Yeah, West album, Coast. Right? Great track. Yeah. Everybody should go listen to that right now. Yeah. Um, Very nice. But where I am is I'm older than these kids, you know, but I still love this modern stuff. And most people my age are holding on to this vintage idea, this like old, like, oh, no, you know, I still want to sound like him from the 70s. Like, dude, you weren't even born until the 80s, but okay. <laughs> um, and I want to sound like ultra modern. However, where it gets me is I'm still a fan of songwriting and these cheap lyrics and stuff don't speak to me. Mm-hmm. So I want to make, you know, music for grown-ups that's also modern and cutting edge but you know somebody who's like 30 to you know 50 or 60 could like because i can't be the only grown adult man that likes new sounds that doesn't want to live in the past i don't want to go to old you know guns and roses concerts and stuff i just you know i don't i like new stuff i just don't like that it only speaks to kids <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well like my personal taste in music, it's uh, really, really diverse. And I have, for me, whether it's completely new, very clean and dry sounding electronic music or Mendelssohn, doesn't matter. I don't care. For me, if, if it's something that I, I find really nice music, I don't, I don't hold it in any higher regard than anything else. Like I was telling you just earlier off camera, I was on this uh, live Facebook session with um, a favourite electronic composer of mine, BT. And, uh, you know, for example, I'll listen to BT and then the next day I'll listen to uh, jazz. It doesn't matter for me. Yeah. Um, I don't have any kind of, you know, preference over 70s rock, over 90s electronic music. I don't care. For me, if it's if I, if I think it's good quality music, I'll listen to it. So. Right. Yeah. I'm... Whether it's totally new sounding or old sounding. And I think with similar agreement in this respect that we like to mix the two as much as possible, you know? Of course. I mean... Uh, in our productions, I'm not, anyway. I'm, I'm certainly not saying that everything new is better than everything old. Absolutely not. I mean, 
I still like a good Moog. <laughs> and, I, you know, if I'm going to play a guitar, it's going to be an old one probably. And if I'm going to play, a, you know, a, I love vintage drum sounds, but, you know, putting some mics on some drums and using that. I love that stuff still, and I do it all the time. And I agree with you. I mean, and I think that's that's a thing. I mean, we're definitely, not, with this show, obviously, we're not trying to give advice. We're just trying to talk about our opinions and hope and hopefully hear some feedback from other people what you think. But if I can give a small piece of advice to everybody about this whole pop music subject is don't just dismiss it based on the picture. Because exactly what we talk about as musicians is like, you know, you know don't judge a book by its cover works both ways. You know, because look at, uh, what's his name? The English kid from One Direction. Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Everybody in our little community here is loving Harry Styles because he made an old sounding record. You know? <laughs> he's the next David Bowie, I, I read. Because, but because he's trying, because the sound, I mean, I also agree. It's amazing. I love it. I think. Sounds great. Go, go Harry. I, I think it's it sounds cool. great. Yeah. But the reaction I'm hearing, which I think is crazy, is like people saying, oh, finally some good music. It's like, okay. But don't say finally some good music because it sounds old. It's cool. It's very cool. But that yeah. doesn't mean that if he would have came out and done something totally cutting edge, that might have also been good. You know, for example, I mean, I'm a huge Daft Punk fan. I mean, Daft Punk to me is the epitome of great mm-hmm. sound and stuff. You know, it's it literally sounds like it's from t- 20 years in the future and 20 years in the past simultaneously. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I love Daft Punk. Anybody wants to hook me up with that one, Thomas? Yeah, if you're if you're watching, but I think that you can find the the artistry and you can find the skill in in all this new stuff and and don't judge the book by its cover. What I was getting at is, you know, a lot of these guys that we know that are musicians say, "Oh, it's not about the image, not about the image." Okay, but some of these people people that have good images also do good music so you can kind of go back both ways Lana Del Rey is a a great example in my opinion because I've been trying to turn on my music friends musician friends to Lana Del Rey for years I'm like man okay they're like oh but she's stupid and her dad was rich I'm like so what you know you're going to criticize somebody because they had a rich dad or she's not sincere it's like it's an image so Mm -hmm. listen to the music behind it it's amazing yep for example so uh, maybe one one last point to discuss would be um what is pop music missing this could be a very big topic but i just the reason i say that is because one of my biggest heroes prince said um what pop music misses is danger which i you, you know i i would agree with that obviously how can you ever disagree with prince mm-hmm. who's who's a pop musician by the way keeping that in mind so is david bowie so is stevie wonder correct you know um yeah, I mean, I kind of think what I was touching on and what I strive to do nowadays with my own music is I think that in a way, in the process of making it technologically great and in the process of making it spectacular, if you go see a pop show these days, Justin Bieber or whatever, it's spectacular. It's it's unbelievable, those shows. Bruno Mars, whatever. But what I do think is missing is is a little bit of depth. The human element to it. You mean? Well, the human element... I mean, you know, Mark Ronson's making some amazingly human-sounding music. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's pop. But I think what it misses is a bit of depth for those of us who do still care about mm-hmm. lyrics and don't. And I mean, not that I'm saying, like, a Bruno Mars lyric is necessarily bad. Uptown Funk, for example, is an amazing song on all levels. The mm-hmm. lyrics are amazing. The production's amazing. The song's amazing. But 
I don't think that all stuff has to always be about the party or about the broken heart or about the thing. You know, we've heard all those songs a thousand times, a million times in our lives. Maybe somebody could come out and do something a little bit different. It would definitely catch my attention. It would get everyone's attention, right? I think. But, yeah, and I was actually going through the Spotify uh, charts and the Billboard charts over the last three or four years. And, uh, you know, I... I was guilty of this as well to some extent, that the belief that pop music was uh, somehow uh, very, very narrow. And it's actually, in a way, it's not. When you look at the, the influences of all... If you, I looked at all of the number ones since 2010 mm-hmm. on the Billboard chart. Mm-hmm. And there is a really, really diverse range of music from electronic... I mean, it's all pop music, but you can that each track is heavily, heavily influenced by a different genre. So there's some heavily electronic music... There's hip hop, there's R and B, there's classic soul music like Adele, for example, um, and everything in between. So there is diversity there. But um, going back but, to my but question, but also a similarity, I think. Yeah, and I think it, well, we, we go around full circle, I guess, in the end, because it's popular music. So it has to follow. You mentioned this earlier, this really strict formula, because that's pop music. You know, it has a certain format. This format we know works. Mm-hmm. It has done for fifty years, and it's never going to change. And so, if you want more depth, generally. Um, you you have to look out of what is you know pop music. Mm-hmm. I would say, for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a mountain of amazing music that isn't necessarily considered pop or mainstream by any means. That's amazing and and yeah. and deep. Wolfpack, for example, they're virtually instrumental music yeah. most of the time, and you know jam band with lo-fi videos and stuff, mm-hmm. and you know blowing up in that in that circuit, you know. And they're amazing. And or, or anything on uh, the NPR Tiny Desk concerts. Yeah. You know, just hit that playlist and there's just Yeah, and I mean, the coolest I mean stuff and there's there. amazing stuff happening in hip-hop these days. I think that's where a lot of depth is coming from. Yeah. I think hip-hop, which I grew up with, and that's what I started being into music because I was into you know, Run DMC and, and Beastie Boys and stuff. And I still love hip-hop music, although I don't do it. But, you know, Anderson Pac, you know, Kendrick Lamar, all these people, these, these are our people saying something. And these are people doing something amazing, and I think yeah. it does it does leak into pop music. And you know, Kendrick gets a verse here and there. I think he even did a song with the dreaded Taylor Swift. I think there's a Taylor Swift song with a Kendrick Lamar verse on it, which blows my mind a little bit. But but yeah, anyway, I mean, I mean, you look back like uh, you know, even ten years ago, maybe fifteen, you know, electronic music was uh, still typically, you know, uh, a subgenre, you know, for sure. mainstream. And yeah. then hip hop has, you know, has, 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 has assumed its role at the top of, you know, popular music. It is by far the most stream music. It's really at the cutting edge of, of everything in modern popular music. Hip hop is pushing and driving everything. But those two camps would never have listened to each other's music yeah. on a big scale. But today, now the cross contamination, collaboration between these two genres is almost complete. So you look at the top top of the charts, and the boundaries between these kind of genres, I see them are just kind of uh, dissolving in some I th- ways. I think you that's know? a modern thing. I think, I think that's a modern thing. Is like the collaboration and everything is something featuring somebody else, and it's usually completely yeah. out of genre. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I think there that's, are no genres. At, that's cool. That's that cool. That yeah. shouldn't be. You know. Yeah. Well, my I mean, uh, genres for me are something which I'm not necessarily comfortable with because there's so many great songs or types of music that you can't really put in a genre. You know, if it's yeah. good, 
is there, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you take a song, you could you can play it twenty different ways and make it twenty yeah. different genres, and it's all at the heart. It should be the same song, right? You know, so yeah, I, I like the I like the cross cross contamination, as yeah. you said, or, and collaboration of the genres, <laughs> and and definitely EDM and hip hop, which are now the pinnacle of what's what's big these days. For the time being, yeah. For the time being, I'm actually credit you know the genius Kanye West, which I do love Kanye West mm-hmm. for the record. Um, I think he was a an innovator in that, like really bringing EDM music into hip hop, and he's always been kind of really cutting edges with what sam- with what samples yeah. he used. It's yeah. he's he's always been amazing. And got about Prince's point of um, pop music doesn't have danger. I mean, he's totally right. But maybe uh, it's going to come. You know, a bit more, it will come back. You know, music goes in cycles. Rock has, you know, rock has disappeared. Country's taken over what used to be rock. Country is massive. You know, country music is absolutely huge in America. Mm-hmm. It rivals electronic music and hip hop. Those are the two, the, the two things that most people listen to on on uh, streaming. Mm-hmm. But maybe uh, you know, rock music might wake up again in the next few years and yeah. bring, bring some danger. Who knows? I mean, like, I, 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 I Guns and Roses, for yeah, example. Yeah, I mean, the, da- the danger is coming because there's no barriers anymore. As we talked about last episode, there's there's no more gatekeepers. So when somebody does something that that resonates with the people, that's dangerous. It will come out. And I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of danger in some of the hip hop music. There's some crazy, crazy stuff happening out there. The Antwerp, they're the kind of dangerous. Yeah, I edgy. Would, I, I definitely would go to the show, but I don't know if I'd want to hang out after. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I, yeah, but it's coming for sure, and it's taking over, and it's getting more popular. I think there's a, there's a bubbling up of stuff, and it always what, happens. So, what's going to be the next punk? You know, this is the great great question. You know, you never know what it's going to be, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, the last pu- the last punk was was the EDM. Before that was hip hop. You know, I think these are the way that things are going. You know. Yeah. Before that was obviously actual punk, and then mm. rock and roll was that. Before that, and it always goes. So what's next? Who knows? I mean, right? It's hard to imagine what could possibly be next. I don't think you realize. Maybe it, it's going to go back to folk, could be, or jazz. You know, like yeah. um, uh, that's that's the thing about uh, about living in you know as we do. We as humans, we don't necessarily know or appreciate what's happening in the moment. So we didn't realize mm-hmm. punk was this massive thing until you know. Years later, when you can look back and see, hey, that was like some kind of epoch in the time. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, when when Nirvana came out and hit big, I don't think, I think that was actually one of the most obvious changes. I remember Nirvana coming out, and literally when they came out, everything that was out currently just immediately looked stupid. <laughs> it was it was kind of really overnight almost. But <clears throat> if that's ever going to happen again, it's hard to say. But you know. So when, I hope so. Actually. When when uh, this Despacito came out, I... yeah. But I I think this is the this is the this is the exact point of back to full circle on this episode. I think Despacito is not dangerous. Right. It's, it's exactly formu- formula formula formulaic. formulaic. Yeah. This this is my point. It's uh, well, it's a nice crossover. You know, Latino music is becoming more and more into into the mainstream. But, but I think yeah. But I also think, I mean. It's still just a basic hip hop ish track. It just happens to be in Spanish, is the only thing that's really gives it that much Latino vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. I mean, maybe it was just really good timing. It was a nice song in the summer. <laughs> Launched at the right time. Got a great video. But it, yeah, but the video was also nothing amazing. It was just you know some some pretty girls and some people dancing, having a good time in a street party. 
you know, biggest video ever on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it was like two billion views or something. It's over three at this point. Two billion. Yeah. And climbing. So help us get the Atlantic Robot show up to at least uh, 1,000. Yeah, at least nice. give us our, at least our first billion yeah. per episode. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, we're going to sign a, off. Enjoy yeah, the rest I, of this vino. I think we managed to pack in uh, the most important things or the biggest things we had on our mind about pop music. Pop I guess music. we're going to come back and revisit this. Yeah, and, and, please, and please give us your comments. Of course, we want to hear what you think. We'll, we'll revisit. We'll talk about your comments on, our, on a future episode. We're here to have a discussion, you know, like we said before, we're most of the time we spend in a dark room with no windows, looking at a computer, making music, which is amazing. However, it'd be nice to have some, some communication sometimes. So we decided to record what we talk about and, um, please subscribe to our YouTube and iTunes podcast channels. And, uh, we will see you and see you on the next one next week. Hear you in a week. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not a